You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is made possible by the Made in Oklahoma program, created for Oklahoma's entrepreneurs. Their free-to-join program focuses on economic growth and development for the small businesses who grow, process, or manufacture a good within Oklahoma. Retail stores who sell Made in Oklahoma products can also benefit from their program. Above all, they encourage you to support and shop local wherever possible. Find them on Facebook and visit their website at www.madeinoklahoma.net to learn more. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down at the Bedford Studio today to talk, I think, distilling with two guests, um, Jeff Cole and Derek Duty, who from Prairie Wolf uh, Distillery up in Guthrie, which is, I mean, I haven't been there, but I love Guthrie, and if it fits in Guthrie, then it's got to be cool. <laughs> Right? Yeah, so, hey man, we think so. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so before we dive into obviously everything you're doing and current situation, tell me a little bit about yourselves. How did you guys end up in Oklahoma and get into you know distilling? Yeah, so um, I'm Jeff, first of all. Um, I am actually a fifth-generation Oklahoman, so we've been here for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got into distilling sort of sort of the back way. Uh, most distillers are, are chemists and scientists and things like that. And I actually got into it from the hospitality side. Okay. So I used to be a beverage director for a group of hotels and uh, several restaurants over time. And um, I just decided I wanted to get out of the service industry, and I got out at the right time, thank God. Uh, and then uh, I called the only supplier I knew in the state uh, that did distilling. I was into distilling uh, as sort of a hobby. And uh, <laughs> we, uh, we had a really short conversation. They hired me on as a sales director. And, um, well, some time passed. Sanitizer happened. Yeah. Uh, well, COVID happened, and we created sanitizer for that. And um, after sanitizer, we brought on Derek and uh, just took, like, he's taken the lead, like, on <laughs> totally yeah, yeah. changing everything. Yeah. So, fifth generation growing up in Oklahoma. So, this is, I mean, it is home for you, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, very proud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Derek, what about you? Uh, man. First, thanks for having us. Appreciate you. you. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, come to Guthrie. Come check us out. We'll, come. we'll have some stuff lined up soon when the, we'll right. be... If I'm uh, up there, it's there usually fine. to see Hetty. Oh, right on. Yeah. yeah. So it's every for now sure, and For then. sure, for sure. Yeah. So. Um, man, my, I've got a winding path also, which we'll talk in a little bit. You know, we're about to go through some major changes. As you mentioned, part of that is, is this winding path that Jeff and I kind of have the same way. And yeah. uh, my background, man, is really in... Um, I mean, I started way back in selling medical devices and then bumped over and was a sales director at Yeti Coolers and... Then I got recruited over to kind of rebuild um, and rebrand Anthem Brewing Company. So I did that for a few years, and then these nuts called me uh, last summer, I guess. I know one of our one of our silent owners. It's been a friend of mine for a long time. He just kind of randomly called me for lunch, and not knowing that the lunch was a kind of a hey, please come help us figure this <laughs> out, right? Yeah, yeah. And, or, I mean, or, it or was an yeah. incredible opportunity. Um, and yeah, I love it. We we've we have kind of. Uh, We've changed so much; it's like kind of unbelievable in, in really less than a year. And yeah. we're excited to tell you about like what we have coming up because it's it's kind of going to reinvent who we are. And yeah, we're yeah. really trying to put craft spirits on the map for this state gotcha. in a big way by making some very uniquely Oklahoman products that I think 
yeah will be pretty cool because people know Oklahoma for craft beer now right yeah for sure not craft spirits which right. is really cool that you guys have died, you know, died, you know, taken it down that road but before we do talk into how everything's going to change tell me the origin story for Prairie Wolf like how does it start why you know why you got three and, and you know why spirits not beer like everyone else yeah, uh, yeah, sure. So the origin of, of Prairie Wolf actually begins with a, a family called the Merritts, the, the Merritt family. Uh, they chose Guthrie. Uh, they, they say they chose it for the water source because mm-hmm. they had just changed their water. Uh, the, I guess the water company up there just changed their, their quality. Yeah, yeah. And water, of course, is a big part of, of brewing and distilling. So uh, where you get it matters. And um, so they had it for a number of years until 2018. And now the current ownership, the current ownership group uh, took over then. So. Okay. I know the, so the story, I, Jeff knows it better than I do, but I guess the Merritt family, their grandpa had a picture. Uh, they, uh, they had the, it's uh, oh my gosh, I always forget this. The, uh, it's the famous naturalist painter from the 1800s. Okay. He, he created the Audubon Society. Okay. What is sure. it? What's, I can't remember. John yeah. James Audubon or something like that. Anyway. Yeah. They have a, fo- uh, or they have a, a painting that he did. I think he was in Oklahoma territory at the time. And it's of coyotes, and he mm-hmm. named it. He na- he didn't know what to call them. He called them prairie wolves. Yeah, and that's that's, <laughs> that's the, the name of the yeah. painting. That's really, yeah. I mean, the artwork that goes into the balls and everything. Mm-hmm. That's that's some cool stuff. Thanks, man. You know? Yeah, we're excited for uh, the the current ownerships who changed that branding, and it fits a little better than the previous where they kind of started, which sure. is nice. Um, don't fall too in love with it because they'll probably have another change of it ahead. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. no, it's cool. And like I said, we um, as we continue to chat through our story. We've always been proud of the stuff um, that we kind of came on to. We've, we've changed a lot and really improved a lot of the product. Mm-hmm. And now it's even crazier going ahead. So um, we'll always kind of keep that name and nod to yeah, them in a certain yeah. direction. But with where we're about to head, um, Prey Wolf will be a really nice, like, additional arm of what we do. Sure. But it'll just kind of have its own home. Um, yeah. But we're proud. I mean, it's the first legal still in the state. So you couldn't legally produce... Um, spirits in the state until they're licensed. Really? Yeah. 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 Oklahoma has an interesting history as far as prohibition goes. Sure. Um, and it, it it actually entered the union in 1907 or was it 1907? Yeah. yeah. And uh, the the agreement uh, was that they become a prohibition state right away. Okay. And so it was in the Constitution, which is pretty, pretty tough hard to remember. change. Yeah. 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 So that yeah. was changed like within the last well, five tip, years. Well, typical. Uh, prohibition was 1920 to 1933, so for the rest of the nation. Yeah. But Oklahoma kept it until 1956 or 1959. Yeah, 59. Crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. That's massive. So you've got to go through the stuff to, I mean, if all that paperwork is not easy stuff. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, you know, and having that, and now you guys have been kind of like the, you've paid the way for others to come in. And yeah, do this, for sure. Which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they fought, it took, I, I mean, I wasn't around for it, obviously, but it was tooth and nail for them to get. Yeah. You know, it took it took some some probably some green handshakes to yeah, no make doubt. that deal finally get through. But uh, they set it up and got it rolling, so we have the first legal still license in the yeah. state. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Guthrie's been pretty welcoming to everyone as well. Yeah, I imagine yeah, they we love all that stuff. We're real proud of the city, and like we're doing a whole lot to continuously improve. Yeah. Um, you know, we we're involved in the community in every way we can be, and we continue to be. Um, we've purchased quite a bit of product or a, mm-hmm. uh, property around the area that we're, we're working on currently to really kind of spruce up and bring some new life to yeah, our yeah, section yeah. of the world. So we've got a bar going in and our Rick house we built, which we'll talk about that in a minute with, with bourbon. 
Um, and we'll have a food truck park we're putting in also, mm-hmm. which would be a lot yeah. of fun. So, yeah, we're, we're doing not all we can just, to make it. Not just fun. brewing things. You're actually changing changing the city and changing yeah. the culture, too. That's really mm-hmm. cool to make an impact, right? And it's yeah. just, it's more than just making drinks. And For sure. Making, you know, making the and it's such a cool little do. town. I think yeah. if anyone's ever been there, it's it's there's just a fun vibe to it. Yeah. And we just want to make it where, hey, if you want to, if you want to get away and drive 30 minutes up the road and stay for a weekend we want to give you plenty of stuff to do so. yeah yeah so so you've been brought in to do like a rebrand and then take it to i guess new yeah new heights or whatever right so for sure i mean i'm sure that was a fun conversation when you sit down with the ownership group and you're like what are your ideas what can we do right yeah and then, uh, you know. yeah that or i'm i'm <coughs> i'm pretty bad about it. i come up with a lot of ideas and just say hey this is what we're going to do and then i have to kind of talk my way out of it <laughs> um and our we're lucky our our yeah. owners are they give us the reins for the most part. They let us do what's right. We, you know, we made a really nice presentation that, as to why we did what we did. So, I'm, I mean, I'm glad you started asking about where Prairie Wolf came from because, you know, the main thing we all wanted to do as as a collective of who's there currently is is own our space. Right. So, a lot of what this new direction we're doing is is, is making it distinctly us and our sure. story. So, continuing on the merit story of Prairie Wolf, but also now making our new brand, which is called Wonderful. Okay. Um, that that's more about who we are and, yeah. and our journey and what we're making. And man, we couldn't be prouder of what we're about to put out yeah. here in nine days actually can you so. talk about it surely let's do hear it. it let's hear the plan yeah so i just mentioned it um moving forward june 1st will be known as wonderfolk distilling okay um it's a cool name that jeff actually kind of came up with we were brainstorming endlessly about finding the right name and we have all these crazy brainstorming bubbles everywhere and i don't those two words came together and then um it was kind of a perfect fit for yeah. us and you know the other folks who work with us who aren't here all also come from very very backgrounds whether it's from uh their chefs involved mm-hmm. um we've got uh other folks just from the spirits business other folks from the alcohol business from hospitality restaurant groups yeah. um my background in sales and marketing more proper um we've kind of wandered into this role this position together and our plan is to make things that speak to us and speak to you know uniquely what makes Oklahoma cool and, and right. what we can really highlight with the products we're making and then hopefully in, invite everyone else to wander with us as we yeah, find yeah, our, yeah. our direction down the road so what are the current products and then what are you guys building in the you know in the future sure so as a as a you know as a brand wonderful um the nice thing with with moving to that model is now we're allowing ourselves to kind of have several brands underneath. Yeah. So as Prairie Wolf was just Prairie Wolf items, Got we'll you. still have Prairie Wolf. Prairie Wolf will be um, kind of our um, intro entry premium line, I'd say. So yeah. it'll be kind of more of your your well products, really nice, well made, well products. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we'll have a whole line of clear spirits. It's called Garden Club. Um, Garden Clubs, uh, they're a they're phenomenal clear spirits. It was Jeff's first real attacking the still. Yeah. Um, We've made, I mean, some of the proudest, I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm biased obviously, but it's, I'm a gin guy and it's, we're making one of the best gins I've ever had in my life. It's yeah. fantastic. Why Garden Club too? So Guthrie's known as the Garden Club City. Okay. I um, didn't know that. Yeah. So if you, if you notice, I, everyone misses it. When you come in the town on the signs, it says, welcome to Guthrie, a Garden Club City. And there are several garden clubs. Our plan down the road is to have the Garden Clubs of Guthrie kind of grow some of the botanical yeah, uh, components. Yeah, yeah. So we always try to tie everything back. Um, I'll show you the labels. The labels are really ornate and wild, and they have a lot of nods to Guthrie, but also nods to what Jeff mentioned, the prohibition being so wild in our state. We like to kind of lean into the fact that 
were reinventing spirits in a, in a place that yeah. had tried everything they could to keep us from doing it. So that's kind of a theme that rolls through. Yeah. And then we'll also have um, the first, we think, really proper bourbon um, out of Oklahoma, uh-huh. and it, in, in, including the ability that it, it has products in it that were grown in Oklahoma. So very Oklahoma-focused. Our plan down the road is to be all from sure. Oklahoma, but we're getting there. Um, and it's called Same Old Moses, okay. and it has a really wild story, too, that yeah. we can get into, um, if you'd like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so Same Old Moses is... <clears throat> I'll try to wrap it up quick, but so we got uh, time. If you want to tell the whole story? <laughs> you you riff. You tell the this whole story. This is good. So yeah, yeah. Um, so right when the land run happened, yeah. a fellow named Moses Moses Weinberger came down from Kansas City. He was a grocer. Uh, he expected to come down, open up um, kind of a, a line of supplies for folks who just got land, sure. and be their kind of gro- grocery route. Was as he was talking to people, he was like, "Hey, I got bananas," and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, bananas. Uh, cool. Can you get whiskey?" And he's like, "Okay, uh, okay." And then next person, "Yeah, yeah, whiskey. I like what that guy's thinking." So he's like, "Well, I can get whiskey. Okay." Um, goes back to Kansas City, and he's talking to his friends, and he's like, "Man, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm not gonna do a grocery store in there. I think I'm just gonna build a bar." Right. And the guy's like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, everyone just wants whiskey." And he's like, "Man, same old Moses. You always figure out something crazy, right?" <laughs> So, boom, there's the bar. Yeah. So, comes down, well, Samuel Moses, the, the pro- proper bar, was about 200 yards from where our distillery sits. Okay. And there's, if you ever come to Guthrie, it's, it's, there's a placard on the street that shows it. It's really cool. Um, so, anyways, he ends up making the first bar in Oklahoma Territory, so even before it was a state. Yeah. So, fast forward, you know, Guthrie becomes the capital, and uh, Prohibition hits. As you'll see, that's a hot button for today. Um, so, not bitter about yeah, it at all. <laughs> yeah, you know, not a bit. Um, he gave us good stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Hatchetations. If you've ever seen that poster, it's a bunch of kind of uh, like long skirted women that says lips that touch liquor won't touch ours. Okay. Those were the Hatchetations. So what they were, they were this overly re- religious group that kind of led the push for Prohibition, and their the person in charge was a gal named Carrie Nation. Yeah. And Carry Nation would take them and they'd run into bars and they would tell everyone they're going to hell and then they'd take, they all carried hatchets and they would just hatchet up the bar yeah. to screw the bar up and hopefully make it where patrons don't want to go back but they still went back. Right. So to save his bar, he uh, she, she she got ousted from a few states, lastly uh, Arkansas, but she ended up in Guthrie. Okay. So he actually reached out to her and said, listen, come into my bar, give your spiel, just don't mess my bar up. She said, okay, comes in, gives her spill, no one cares. So she gets mad on the way out, and she slams her hatchet in the side, and she nicked the side of the bar off. So moving forward, that was what he would use to open beer bottles or his oh, spot. Yeah. So right after she left, he got outside in front of the, the building on, on over the door. It says, all nations welcome except Carrie. So you'll see as you see Samuel Moses out there, yeah. the slogan on the bottle will say all nations welcome. That's awesome. Um, so that's yeah. the nod back to that's that. That's what's so good about, like, you get these old stories, right? Yeah. Because life's so different back then. Crazy. And, you know, and even the bars, right? Bars were like handmade works of art. For sure. Wouldn't they? And, and you know, people today were like, oh, you just, you know, just repair it. Well, that stuff's like probably made out of solid wood. Yeah. You know, it's like a big deal. For sure. And she would go and all they would go and hack it, it, hack it out. Crazy. And so even to push that one further, I mentioned we were opening a bar. It'll be open hopefully right June 1st-ish. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were doing extensive research on all this stuff because we're just we're both nerds like that. Um, so I, I 
dug around and found out on that placard that showed where Samuel Moses used to be, it's Moses and it's his two first bartenders. Yeah. And their names are Mac and Ike, and that's the name of our bar, Mac and Ike's. There you go. So they get their own place now. That's so cool. <laughs> so awesome. I mean, it's just like when you go back, right, and you you know, you know, go through the whole process of growing up and what am I going to do or you know, who am I going to be or whatever, you know, and you find an astronaut and you think, you know, and you wind the path, right, and you get to distilling. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, like you said, you guys are nerds. Well, no, you're just passionate about what you do, mm-hmm. um, which may seem nerdy, but you just love getting into it, right? I mean, who doesn't? You come up with these stories, and you're like, I found my found my thing, right? And this is what I want to do. And you know, you you just sounds like you guys are doing a huge. You know, you, one of the goals is to transform and, and bring the whole town together with you know the garden stuff and you know women planting or men planting the stuff you guys you can you know you can use in the drink and and the names like it all ties back which is i mean that stuff's you know it's not just like i'm gonna open a bar and sell vodka yeah and that's it you know so that's that's pretty special and it gives you i mean so many this i'm sure so many more stories as well that that are going to tie into future drinks it's pretty crazy Yep. Yeah. So tell me, like, what I don't know anything about the process of distilling gin or vodka, or I mean, you guys went hard at hand sanitizer. Thanks, thankfully, last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's that all like? Well, uh, distilling is not all that complicated. Uh, it starts out with a really like, rudimentary beer. We call it distiller's beer. Uh-huh. Um, it's maybe three to ten percent alcohol. Sometimes as much as twenty, but. Not the stuff that we use. That's more like rocket stuff. Yeah. So that beer is then, it's put into a pot, right, or a kettle. Mm-hmm. And if you can imagine, like, a tea kettle when when the steam is rushing out of it, you know, and it's whistling. Yeah. That's, the, I mean, that's basically distilling, right? But because alcohol, it's, uh, it evaporates, it boils at 78 degrees Celsius, and water is 100 degrees Celsius, the alcohol will actually, you know, cook off first. Mm-hmm. And... It's it's actually what's collected. So that steam that you can imagine coming out of the um, the kettle, then hits a condenser, hmm. which is essentially like if you took a glass of ice water and stuck it up next to the the steam. Gotcha. It would recondense on that on that okay. glass, you know. Yeah. Um, that's basic. That's basic <coughs> distillation. For like gin, you take uh, your raw materials include um, botanicals that are. It can, you know it has to be juniper, but. You run the gamut. You can include anything from like peppers and citrus and things like that to create a certain style of gin. So you, you macerate that in your in in like a distillate for a couple of days. It just this just means to let it sit and soak. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after that, uh, redistill it. Okay. Yeah. And so you you, ca- you capture <coughs> you capture the like the, they're called esters. It's, mm-hmm. They're like fruit esters. It's just compounds that give things flavor. Um, that comes that comes through in the alcohol distillation, and that's I mean that is essentially what gin is. Yeah, yeah. my wife loves gin. Oh, well, big good. fan, <laughs> yeah. big fan. And we, some we, for and my yeah. nan. We went we went home for Christmas one year. And my nan, uh, my my aunt was coming home coming down from Scotland, and she brings like there's a thing in Scotland called Gin of the Month Club, and you basically sign you know pay a subscription and they send you gins from all around the world okay. you know and which is great uh, so she brought some down and it was like two in the afternoon at my nan's house and my nan's like do you want to try some gin my wife's like sure <laughs> yeah yeah why not and she's thinking it'll be mixed no they're out there with their shot glasses just taste testing yeah. and I have this fantastic <laughs> picture of my nan and my wife like drinking you know shots of yeah, gin shots taste, of warm gin <laughs> yeah taste testing it at two in the afternoon I'm like this is fantastic that's our brilliant. running joke every time we walk into a bar like two shots of warm gin <laughs> um, now gin we're lucky too um, the 
the original family that owned the place, they they brought in a really killer still. We have this German Carl still that's yeah. it's actually really a gen making still. It's got some really neat attachments to it that it's it's made to make that kind of product. And you know, prior to us really uh, knocking the dust off of it mm-hmm. by by doing what it's supposed to do. We didn't make a lot of. We made, we've always made a gin called Loyal Gin. It's a really great introductory gin. It's I mean it's perfect for people just trying to get into gin. Sure. What we're about to come out with Garden Club. It's it's a it's a proper gin. It's a big. I mean it's got eleven botanicals and yeah. it took Jeff between seventy and hundred runs to dial in exactly what he wanted and yeah. I mean, it's really a painstaking process. But what we came up with is just unreal. Um, what's been fun is you know we've kind of had some of our better customers and friends and stuff kind of come up and taste their way through it and look at our operation. And our favorite thing we hear is there's so many people who are just like, I'm not a gin person. And the yeah. second they drink it, they're like, I think I'm a gin person. I'm a gin person. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. this gin. So we've got that. We've got another, we've, you know, for, for people who just are dead set on not being gin fans, we've also created this really cool, we're calling it a flavored vodka for lack of different, you know, terms without having to explain it all, but it's really made like a gin instead, just without the juniper gotcha. and, and the more gin based uh, botanicals, but it's just big and it's, citrusy and also got this really cool pepper and it's a ton of fun too and that's called um spice citrus so we'll have it out as well yeah. um, and then we have just an a, a mind-blowingly clean vodka as well that'll gotcha. be nice and clean as a as a compliment or yeah. compliment to the other flavored items. so i mean that process of like nailing that gin for however many tries <laughs> you have to be like i'm sure there are points where you're like i've got it and then you try it again like I haven't got it. Oh, what have I done yeah. differently? Right? You're just going back and like this. You're incrementally getting better and better. But that process, it's... I'll tell you what. There there were more than a few times where I was standing in front of the still just absolutely terrified that I had screwed something up. You know, we yeah. have a we have, <laughs> we have a company that we use to um, consult. I've, I've, I've not been a distiller for a long time, like I said. Yeah. Um, I've only been doing this for maybe six months now. And... So we brought on a consultant company, and we have a couple master distillers now that I can kind of fall back on. Sure. So this, if you can imagine me pacing back and forth frantically in front of a still on the cell phone with a guy in Canada <laughs> <laughs> trying to fix this, a, a problem, yeah, that, that was pretty common uh, back then. But yeah. um, we got it figured out. And uh, like I said, I just, I, I just started doing this. I knew I liked gin. I knew what kind of gin I liked. I distilled something like 71 different botanicals individually, blended them, like just blended them individually yeah. um, to come up with like a base recipe. And then after that, we were off to the races. You know, it was, it was a process. Yeah, we <laughs> thought, I mean, we thought we had it, we thought we had it seven times before we Oh, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, this is the one. But each of those runs probably had 10 to 12 runs inside of where he'd be like, I'm going to tweak just this one up a little and this one down a little. And I mean, it's... Botanicals are really expensive, and yeah. so we're counting, and I'm just, you know, I'm looking at the, the ledger going, yeah, yeah, go run it again. Yeah, try, try it again. <laughs> call, yeah. man. Yeah. Someone you sure this is it. pretty good? He's like, I think it can get better. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. get your checkbook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's where it, it's like the professor, you know, against like, you know, like the accountant, and it's like, no, it's got to be perfect. Well, I kind of run it out of money. Yeah, yeah. Gonna yeah. Like, yeah. We <laughs> open up, like, you know. That's every so, Monday for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that this morning. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're lucky 
lucky, and like you mentioned, we're working with probably the premier consulting group in in at least North America uh, yeah. for distilling. They're great partners, but you know his master distiller that he gets to call is he's a great guy. He ran Canadian Club whiskey for thirty years, and before that, he was the quality control director for Beefeater. So. Yeah. He's he's a salty guy. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, then, well, I mean, it's nice too to see a guy like you said. Jeff mentioned he's only really ran the still for six ish or more than that now months. But I mean, the same thing. He he got his first taste of our gin and he said, "I don't think I've had a gin this cool ever." Yeah. I mean, it's kind of rad to hear from a guy who worked at a premier gin maker for right. two decades. Yeah. So. Uh, we're pretty excited. Yeah, you can tell we're, yeah, we're I mean, pretty it's fired like up. Getting close to June first, while we're like yeah. a week and a half, two weeks out, and yeah. nine days, you know, trying to get everything. Gone, right? Yeah, and it's I'm Memorial Day weekend, right? Yeah. And everything coming up, like it's, you know, oh, I mean, launching yeah, we everything. Get, we get our labels in tomorrow. Like, yeah, you know, we, don't, we don't have them in yet, so like we're our whole team is just chomping at the bit to get going. And yeah. we're, you know, we didn't mention this, but we're, we're a really, I mean, we're a small little family team. Our our entire squad, mm-hmm. top to bottom, is ten people. You know, yeah. our production teams really four and Jeff. So it's, um, it's all hands all the time. And we, I mean, we love it. It's, yeah. it's a ton of fun. There's days we want to kill each other, but, um, we, there's, th- yeah. there's something to drink at the end of the day to cool down. So exactly. That works out. I've, yeah. d- I've never had a job where I could go home and just, qu- and just kind of like calmly check out and not freak out, you know, and worry about, uh, <coughs> worry about the next day or whatever. This is the first job. Oh, you do, like, huh? Dude. Uh, what's that like? <laughs> well, Derek's Derek's a crazy person. But, uh, yeah, this is, it's it's really cool. It's, I mean, it's uh, meditative almost yeah, yeah, yeah. to do the still. Yeah. It's but, a, it's an art, man. It's, I mean, it's, it's so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's so fun to watch what happens. See, we haven't even started talking about bourbon yet. Actually, yeah. That's yeah. a whole other world. Yeah. Cause uh, well, there's, for sure, like let's dive in. Let's dive into it because okay. I'm I'm not like being from the UK, right? I've never really been big into into whiskey that mm-hmm. much. Um, even though the UK is pretty good for whiskey, oh, yeah, like gin <laughs> yeah. too. Uh, never just I don't know. I just never took to it. I mean, it's just right. generally growing up, you're like, oh, I'm gonna drink beer and that's it. Um, and I'd have a warm beer every now and then with my granddad, but nothing, you know, the golf club, but never, you know, go to is just like a a lager or something like that. Uh, but I mean, the whiskey stuff, it's. You get Crazy. to aging and barrels. I mean, it's 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 its own thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, and, I mean, you know, I I don't know the difference between bourbon and whiskey, but there is a difference, right? Oh, there is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So not not all bourbon, or I'm sorry, not all whiskey is bourbon, but all bourbon is whiskey, yeah, for sure. Um, the U.S. <laughs> because of prohibition and some pretty gnarly practices back in the day, uh, the U.S. has some really strict regulations uh, okay. for how whiskey can be made, specifically how bourbon can be made. Yeah. So um, bourbon has to be Let's see, a minimum of uh, 51% corn. And then generally it's blended with two different style or two different other grains, uh-huh. usually rye or wheat, uh, and then barley. So we actually use a four-grain bourbon that has all, that has all four of the grains. Um, it's incredibly rich. Um, yeah, that's... Paid with a good cigar. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, right. it'd be great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a big... I mean, man, it's a big boy. It's... Uh, it's pretty phenomenal um we've got a we've got a pretty wild bourbon process going it's that's been probably the most fun because you know bourbon you know bourbon's the hottest thing really in in spirits and has been for now a couple decades i say that even though gin's having a mega renaissance like what's wild covid's really bumped you know all these people are making cocktails at home and you you go if you don't like dark spirits you go look for cocktails like it's pretty rare to find like a vodka cocktail because right. people making drinks want flavor so you get gin so now you've got people now who finally tried gin for the first time and they're like wow 
So, yeah, we're kind of getting in the world of both of these products at the right time where bourbon's always been bourbon. Gin, though, now is having, and it's catching up here, um, which we're excited for. But on the bourbon side of stuff, um, I mean, there's some real, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a different language that bourbon fans have and an appreciation, and they understand the business. Uh-huh. Um, that's why for us, like, so kicking off this line, um, we're doing, our process currently is, what's been utilized by a lot of huge brands that people know, like Angels Envy, um, Barrel is a company um, that's they're very popular right now. They win awards left and right. High West out of um, Salt Lake City. Um, who am I missing? Uh, Whistlepig. Mm-hmm. So, so big, big names. They all do, they're, um, they're kind of coup de gras about what they're doing with bourbon is barrel finishings. So what Jeff was saying, you've got to be 51% corn, all those ingredients. The other thing that's important is they have to be in a aged first in a new American oak barrel. It, was, yeah. it has to be new American oak, and they have to be in there for at least three years unjostled by itself, right? So that's, that's bourbon. Um, so what we do is we've teamed up with a partner distiller in Texas outside of Austin. Um, he is a phenomenal um, distiller, worked for many gigantic names that you guys would all know. Yeah. Um, but he kind of got sick of the business of spirits and just wanted to be a distillery. Yeah. So he makes a lot of the, the brands I just mentioned that do a lot of barrel finishing. He makes a lot of the product for them as well. Gotcha. So we source it currently for, with him. So we let him start the process. So it's like a white label then? Um, kind of? Um, not. No? Kind of, but if we didn't do anything to it, then it would then be. It would be. But you, so, okay, so he, yeah. he he just like makes the blanket yep. and then ships to you guys and then lets us, hey, it's been yeah, done. He, he gives us a okay, mind-blowing foundation, yeah. and then we get crazy with it, right? So yeah, we, we dress the bed. Um, and Would you like the best of both worlds? It's crazy. <laughs> right? It's a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're our plan is ultimately to go grain, grain to glass on everything. Um, right now, the problem is, is we've got to have stills produced to do that. And they to produce a still start to finish, just the, just the still, once you're in line, is about 18 months. So we're a ways out. This lets us get started and get our feet underneath us with bourbon. Yeah. Um, plus, it is a hell of a lot of fun. I mean... It, the stuff we get out of these weird secondary finishing barrels are yeah. is awesome, but um, so we yeah we get the we source it in at four years. What's interesting being from Texas, um, you know, most bourbon coming from the the Kentucky area of the world, their temperature you know what what really allows a barrel to flavor uh-huh. uh, white dog or you know the your kind of starting starting point with whiskey. Um, it's the diurnal variation of temperature. Okay. Um, so as they get hot and cold, the wood kind of acts almost like, if you've ever been to a house with a wood floor or you hear your house creak when the weather changes, right? Yeah. That's the wood expanding and contracting. When that wood expands, it, it absorbs all of the liquid, takes it all in, right? So it just sits there and gathers up that flavor of the wood. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. as it chills out again, that wood compresses back and squeezes it back in. So you've got, it's almost like a heart pumping. Right. So the temperature swings in Texas are insane versus Louisville. So what ends up happening is what takes 10 to 12 years to get where they want the flavor to be in Louisville, you can do in Texas in four. Oh, awesome. And, yeah. you know, the, there's a weird byproduct of that in that um, you lose a lot of angel share, so you lose a lot of product because it evaporates because of the sure, heat. Sure, sure. Um, but you can make more fat. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it, it pounds down and gets right, kind of right where you want it in the sweet spot a lot quicker. So that's where we get to start. The other cool thing is Texas is, Texas is having a, a bourbon revolution of their own. Um, there's uh, Balcones, a, a one, it's a distillery in Waco. They won um, single malt of the year last year, yeah. uh, beating out like all of Scotland. Like it's right. crazy, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden people are like, oh, I guess we should care about We should care about American Texas stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're also lucky in the, the fellow we're talking about that we team with, he's from Tulsa and very proud of Oklahoma also. 
And he was also one of the first guys that's using Oklahoma rye and wheat gotcha. in his blend, um, which he feels is the best quality stuff he's ever had the chance to, to yeah. make in, in a whiskey. The only problem is right now, Oklahoma, those grains are not used for the type of production we have to use them for. So we're trying, like we're working hand in hand. We're, you know, we're, a, we're a big member of MIO and mm-hmm. uh, work with the agricultural department to try yeah. to see if we can team up with the Wheat Council to figure out ways to start developing the grain the way we need it to make gotcha. product. And they've been amazing to help yeah. us figuring that out. So that's one issue. The other issue is that the price gets kind of wild because they're not used to selling it the way we sell it. And right. our, our two worlds and costs are crazy. But we're figuring it out. Yeah. Um, this has given us a chance to kind of get the barrel side figured out. Um, this first run you'll taste next month, um, same old Moses Double Barrels, what's called. I'll let Jeff explain it. Um, it's it'll be the first interpretation that we'll have year round as our plan as long yeah. as we don't have to run out and get into allocation. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll tell you about some more wild stuff for the holiday this year. Yeah. But okay, so yeah, the the double barrel process it's it's fairly unique uh, in that you're spending a ton of money on wood. So um, like like he mentioned, all bourbon has to be aged in New Oak. Um, we actually get the bourbon like he said at four years. And we introduce it to another brand new oak barrel, so it's like twice, twice aged essentially. Yeah. Or in the wine world, they call it like two hundred percent new oak. Um, but it gives it. A, it's it's pretty interesting because like the first barrel is a number four char, which just means it's been burned longer, basically. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we use a medium toast number two char for the second aging, so it, it kind of mellows it out. It's kind of yeah, it's yeah. kind of trippy, but um, yeah, we're able to get a lot of flavor really really fast and. Um, yeah, that's the first release. Yeah, we that's call it, it's weird too. You get a lot of barbecue notes on it, which obviously okay. for being in Oklahoma, that doesn't turn too many folks off. Right. Um, it's, no, no one's going to say no to yeah. that, hopefully, right? And, and as Jeff mentioned, it's a four grain, <laughs> it's a weeded bourbon. So it's, weeded bourbons are super popular right now. They tend to be sweeter mm-hmm. um, just because that weed adds that extra sweet element. So the sweet plus the extra smoke, it makes this really nice blend. That's There's really nothing like it. Um, and yeah, almost everyone that's had it, it's just like pretty, I don't think they and I don't blame them. Right. I don't think they expect much, you know, because they're like, oh, an Oklahoma distillery yeah. making bourbon. I've heard of that before. Yeah. And they have it, and they all kind of look at us like, oh, man, what oh, are you guys okay. doing? Okay. Yeah. This, this is going to be okay. This is yeah. going to be okay. Um, so that's cool. So that's, yeah, that's our first fin- finish. Um, and that is the one that will be same old Moses that'll be gotcha. out pretty much all the time. Yeah. And then our secondary finishes. Yeah. So I, um, I got really, really uh, into like finding European uh, wine barrels um, through this through this company. I'm not going to name the name of the company, <laughs> but uh, they can source just all, all kinds of different wild styles. Just, so just like empty wine barrels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we get mostly um, two different kinds of ports: so Tani and Ruby Port. Yeah. Um, we also are kind of my favorite right now is the it's a Pedro Jimenez sherry. So it's like a sweet style sherry. And what else? Oh, we have a bunch of uh, uh, secret test barrels right now. <laughs> yeah, for some rye. So we're, yeah, we're we, gonna have a rye line also. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of different things to taste right yeah. now. So we've got it's nine different barrel finishings that we're doing right now. Is it's sort of experimental with five, but uh, this is pretty exciting stuff. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like I mean, it's it sounds like you guys have always got something turning and always yeah. keeping you, you know, something keeps you coming to work every day and something's new and although it might be sometimes giant nightmare mm-hmm. yep. uh, the most part when you get that finished product it's totally worth it it's amazing you know? the other cool part is you know we'll we taste when well, we taste a lot that's you know that's how we get this shape um, <laughs> but probably every two weeks we really kind of go in with a notepad and figure out and what's wild is how much this product can change in two weeks in a barrel yeah. it just 
you know, it's it's always different. You find a different note, or it's you know, if you needed something to chill out, it has or it hasn't yet. It eventually will, and that's where we just kind of live and die. Like yeah. so, these these additional finishes he's talking about, we're hoping to try to have them out, especially the ports and the PX Sherry, uh, for holiday this year. Sure. It just really depends on if the whiskey's working with us. Very I mean, right now, it's in a pretty damn good spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we'll see how it goes. If we feel like, you know, given a little more time, you know, we haven't really even had a full super hot summer yet. Right. Um, we also, like I mentioned, we just purchased a building that we're using as a rig house, and it, it really is the perfect situation. It, there's no heat or air or anything. It's yeah. just going to get real hot and real cold. Yeah. So we haven't really had a super hot summer yet to let those barrels go through. So we're hoping that what we see is they really elevate once we get that big diurnal kind of swing for the yeah, first yeah. time. Um, so we're hoping to have those out then. Fingers crossed. Don't hold us. Don't you know, bring on the hundred listen, degree listeners of, of the podcast. Please don't kill us. <laughs> not here. But uh, I would promise we'll get them out as quick as we can. Yeah. And then the rye line too. Um, it's, we're in full on experimental mode with it too and I can't even begin to think when we're gonna launch it. Yeah, we didn't even mention we're also doing rye whiskey. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, the rye is wild. Yeah. I've never had a rye like it and uh to, to taste an agricultural product that came from Oklahoma in that in that way yeah, is kinda yeah. neat. So. That's what's cool when you, you know, when you partner with Made in Oklahoma or you, you know, you're a part of Mayo, like it's it's really cool that that you know you are you know when people think of alcohol and distilling right they very rarely think of agriculture and mixing the two even yep. though they are both they're probably you, know, you wouldn't have it if you didn't have agriculture but it's so cool to put you guys in the same room and to talk about it you yeah. know because for the most part those agriculture farmers ranchers whatever they're doing they're just thinking farming and ranching right oh, yeah. they're not thinking hang on a second if mm-hmm. i change a few things in yeah. the way i do my process you know the, the wheat or the rye, whatever it is, is going to be better to the, what's going to be in the glass. Yep. And then they taste that. And like, this is, you know, how can we better, yep. you know, work together? That's, that must be really cool, especially being in Oklahoma. It's coming out of the ground. Like, yeah, we've had, we've awesome. had several conference calls uh, with, uh, like, OSU's uh-huh. agricultural department even. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just because, like, there's these farmers out there that, for the most part, have no idea that they're marketable. They, they are totally right. marketable to yeah. distilleries, just like you said. Yeah. And um, trying to find, trying to hunt down corn farmers and ask them what kind of corn they're growing, and and you know, try, we tried to hunt down a a, a mill to because ha- you have to have it all milled, right? right. Um, it, it was a very very interesting process. We've got it down now, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like we've we've actually found out some neat things about Oklahoma. Like we have the most acreage under under rye. Okay. But it's only it's only used as like a cover crop or. As feed, yeah, right. So it's not for human you consumption. You guys are like, this is being wasted <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, yeah. So right now we're in the process of, of getting more farm, farmers turned on to it, and um, yeah, and then of course uh, wheat as well. We have like the most um, advanced wheat. Uh, I, I don't know what you'd call these guys. They're like just wheat scientists. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the world, right? Yeah. It's here in one other country in Europe. So they're constantly coming up with these new varieties and stuff. And so we've already had like four varieties dropped off at our yeah, door, yeah. you know, like, hey, see if these will yeah. work, you know, and it's been cool. We, That's I mean, awesome. Like I said, it's all, I mean, we, we just, we buzz MIO and we say, hey, listen, we're trying to do something like this. And in 15 minutes, I got an email and it's like, hey, Secretary Arthur called, um, you know, she's yeah. out of ag. Yeah. Uh, she called the week council and the week council wants to pop on a Zoom call. And so we did. And then two days later, this guy shows up with a bag of four different kinds of wheat. And he's yeah. like, here's this. And we give him a tour. And he's like, well, man, this is crazy. I can't believe you guys are doing this. And yeah, um, yeah I mean, that's that's that is the most exciting part. And that's why for us, like 
you know, you're gonna, you've heard me say it over and over, but I mean, we want to put Oklahoma on the map for distilling. Um, as you mentioned, I mean, me coming from the world of craft beer, craft beers had a fantastic stretch of time, especially in this state. I mean, it's right. it went from being, you know, a handful of breweries to now we're close to 70 it's throughout crazy, the state, yeah. which is why we're opening up all the yeah, time. And, too. And, yeah. And, you know, the example we always give for folks, too, is, I mean, walking a liquor store and you, if you remember 10 years ago, you'd see one section of local craft beer and it was like, you know, two rows on right. one and now it's like, okay, then it was half an aisle. Then it was a whole aisle, and you're like, wow, these guys are really leaning in. Now you go in there, yeah. it's like the six aisles of, of local craft People beer. People are fighting for it. Exactly. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, I mean, our argument is just like, why, why won't you do that for spirits, too? Sure. Um, we're doing just as much work and, and doing crazy stuff to make some really killer yeah, yeah. Um, Oklahoma-focused, different and unique products. And, yeah, support another local company. Yeah, no doubt. And um, it's been awesome, man. We Like I said, we're so stoked to get this new stuff out and let people try it and hopefully reset their brain about what can come out of this place because yeah. they're going to be shocked. So June 1st is the big, an- June big 1st announcement. June 1st is when we big hope reveal, to see everything open. out. Yeah, so can people come out? Like, what's the plan for June 1st? Are we opening up? Are we When's the bar and everything too? Yeah. Yeah. So tentatively, yes. Tentatively, uh, yeah. It's funny I say this. Um, it's hard to open because right now the one thing we're missing at the bar is the front door that we ordered. Um, <laughs> we They can't seem to get it to us, so there's no front door. Yeah. And we can't get our license approved until uh, the front door gets there. So that right. sounds like a joke, but it's not a joke. We'll yeah. open when there's a door to open. So um, people can go to the website or social media yep. to keep updated. Yep. So if you want to check now, um, if you go to wonderfulspirits.com, you'll see there's a holding page. But come June 1st. There, you'll, you'll see it's a really interesting holding page. Uh-huh. That There's a lock on there. The key's going to unlock that, and you're going to see a new world. Awesome. So it'll be really cool. Um, and you can always buzz us. We're going to start tours, distillery tours. We're going to get, you know, obviously with the pandemic sure. and everything still rolling around, we're getting to a good place. But our plan is to start distillery tours this summer. Yeah. Um, we've got a lot of cool stuff to show. Um, and then, yeah, Mac and Ike's. We hope to have open June 1st, too. Um, it'll be awesome. It's right on the corner of um, East Oklahoma and Wentz Street. It's uh-huh. 111 East Oklahoma is the, the address, I believe. Uh, or no, 118, I'm sorry. Um, and yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're super stoked. Yeah, exciting times. Guys, I can't thank you enough for coming down. Uh, apologies for having to reschedule the first time. No Glad worries. we could make it happen today. Um, excited to try some some drinks. I can't wait. I'm going to have to come up with my wife. She's going to have to try <laughs> that. Do it. Yeah, please do. Yeah, Bring her. Definitely. Uh, so for everyone listening, I'll put the links down to the website uh, the guys just mentioned down below and all the social media stuff. And yeah, come to Guthrie. Come hang out. Um, it's a beautiful town. I'm sure you've already been there. But if you you know if you need an excuse, these guys have many excuses for you to come and hang out in Guthrie. But yeah, guys, thanks for coming down. And for everyone listening, we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast is made possible by the Made in Oklahoma program. Created for Oklahoma's entrepreneurs, their free-to-join program focuses on economic growth and development for the small businesses who grow, process, or manufacture a good within Oklahoma. Retail stores who sell Made in Oklahoma products can also benefit from their program. Above all, they encourage you to support and shop local wherever possible. Find them on Facebook and visit their website at www.madeinoklahoma.net to learn more. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.